Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are so passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastors Joel and Trish Gregory continue in their life-changing series entitled Folks. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. All right, so we're talking about folks. What is folks? What's the acronym? What does it mean? Anybody remember? Family and friends, ordinary people, loved ones, kids, and spouses. You got it. Now, we talked last week a little bit about, just a recap, a little about some relationship wisdom that you just got to know up front about every relationship and that you need to constantly have going in your mind. Number one was assess your inner circle. You have to assess those that are close to you. Either they're going to be an anchor to keep you where you were, or they're going to be a propeller to take you where you're trying to go. Good. And you need to de- de- rightly discern where these people are in your life and whether they are helpful and conducive to be in your, to you, you and where you are in your road map, your journey with Christ. Are they taking you forward or are they holding you back? Good. Let me tell you one big indicator. If you have to segregate and separate your friends, your friend groups, you have this friend group that you, you know, you fellowship over here. Then you have your saved friend group over here. <laughs> and you don't really like meshing the two. So you'll, you'll do some, something separately instead of ever bringing the two together. You need to take inventory. And I, I, I really don't mean to sound harsh, but I will say this. It's a strong indicator of your character. It's a strong character indicator for you. So, number two, sometimes distance is good. There is a misnomer, a myth out there that a relationship, a healthy relationship requires us to be in each other's presence on a regular basis. And it so does not. Sometimes distance is, (laughs) somebody's like, yeah, say that. Sometimes distance is healthy. Right. Distance is healthy, whether it's spatial distance, time distance, whatever the case may be. Sometimes distance is healthy. Number three, you just got to know relationships are messy. Relationships are messy. I love what Proverbs said. It talks about how if you, if you want a clean stable, then don't have oxen. <laughs> but where there's oxen, there's much fruit. So if you don't want mess, you know, when I say mess, I'm talking about there's going to be differences of opinion. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be uh, uncomfortable situations. It just happens with every, the best of relationships. Jesus got into it with John, Peter, and um, who was the third one? John, Peter. Paul. No, No, Paul wasn't uh, there. John, Peter, and uh, Mahomes. Pat Mahomes was the third one. John and Peter were the two. John and Peter were the two. He got it. Jesus had Peter, Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John. Okay, there you go. I I don't know why I didn't want to put James in there, but um, he got into it all three, oftentimes. Uncomfortable conversation. It's just just what happens, right? You got to know that relationships can be messy. But if you don't want the mess that goes with the relationships, that means you prefer to live life 
Y'all already know. There you go. So now, we're going to talk about our foundation scripture. The foundation scripture is found in the book of Colossians, actually chapter 3. Now, Colossians is the, uh, 3 is the chapter upon which linked up church's vision is founded. So it's all about relationships, and we feel strongly about relationships. First and foremost is our relationship with God. Right? And what Jesus and what Paul is doing here as he writes this book, this letter to the church at Colossae, he's never been there, but he's but their their reputation and the talk about them, the report about them is that, whoa, y'all are spreading the gospel. You're inviting people to church. You're getting the deeds done. But there's still something that needs to be said and corrected. You can't just sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on the way you used to live. You gotta dive all the way in. Jesus is not a convenient resource when you have need. That's right. He's a lifestyle. That's right. He's a relationship. Right. He's a person right. that wants our time and attention. That's right? right? Mm -hmm. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. I'm reading from the, uh, from the Passion Translation. It says here, you are always and dearly loved by God. You are always and dearly loved by God, so robe yourself with the virtues of God. Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. It says then, be gentle and humble. Say that with me. Be gentle, be gentle and, humble. and humble. Here's a big word. And unoffendable in your patience with others. He goes on to say, tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them, for love is supreme and must always flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the true mark, the mark of true maturity. So the greater we love others speaks to the maturity that we've developed in God. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. And so we understand that, you know, we're, 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 in, in, in developing in these relationships, there's plenty to be said. The Bible is most, is 95%, 90% relationship. And the other five is relegated to, you know, other stuff. But 95% of it talks about how we treat one another and how we're supposed to be with God. So we're going to talk about the top four. And the top four is effective communication, conflict resolution, addressing expectations, and setting and reinforcing boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. So today we're going to start effective communication all right and so those four are key right and so every relationship has to have these qualities in it in order for it to move from where it's at to where you want it to be so whatever challenges people have it usually stems from we didn't communicate effectively that's right and so the result of not communicating effectively it created conflict I mean, if we can't really resolve the conflict, then we can't address new expectations, right? How many of y'all have situations that just, it just seems like we can't get past this, 
Right? And so wherever your relationship is or whatever relationship you're in, I personally believe over my 30 years, a lot of people who started out together didn't finish together. They were supposed to. The only thing stopped them from getting married or that marriage going to that next level was their inability to effectively communicate and resolve conflict. Right, Because once you get past those two, then we can start setting some new expectations and then creating boundaries around those. So today, we're going to take the next four weeks and just focus on each one of those, one each week. And so today, we're talking about effective communication. And so letter A, effective communication. The first thing we want to say uh, uh, besides that is I want you to look at one neighbor and just tell them to watch your mouth. Okay, look at another neighbor on the other side. Point your finger this time. Tell him to watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. I want you to turn around and look at somebody behind you, behind you and say, watch your mouth. Right? See, how many of y'all already know when you hear those three words, somebody is getting ready to say something that might get them in trouble, Right? If you all understand where I'm going with this, we all come from a background where, you know, when that conversation starts getting heated, somebody's getting ready to say, watch your mouth now. Be careful now. Don't take this somewhere it doesn't need to go. Right? Now, don't say something or, or as don't you said. Write your, bro, don't let your mouth write a check that your butt can't cash. And, and, of course, they didn't say it that way in the neighborhood I grew up in. Right? Anybody else come from that kind of neighborhood? They said, boy, don't write no check. <laughs> yeah, boy. So, so keep talking. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. Right? Watch your mouth. The number one creative force that God gave us that separates us from animals and every other thing he created aside from a spirit is this ability to communicate and have full expression of thoughts, ideas, emotions, knowledge, etc. See, most people can talk or communicate, but to communicate effectively is oftentimes missed, overlooked, and rejected. So effective communication requires intentionality, attention. See, we have this tendency to just say things expecting another to understand, but their interpretation of what you said might not necessarily reflect what you meant. And that's where the challenge comes in because men and women are different. I don't even think we speak the same language. Would anybody in here agree? It's like English and Chinese or what? It's like Like, two different languages, right? So it it literally then requires people being intentional and, and really trying to understand where the other person is coming from in order for the communication to be effective. The problem is we only want to communicate the way we communicate. And when the other person doesn't understand and it creates this conflict, we shut them down because the issue is with them and not with us. Right? Not understanding if this is somebody that I love, we have to figure out how to work through this and communicate effectively so that this relationship can continue to progress. Now... Let's go down to number one, letter A, and then there are five points we're going to make under effective communication. Number one, be aware of how powerful your speech is, right? Today we use emojis when we talk, and how many of y'all know that messed us up? 
Yep. So subject to interpretation. We just send emojis. And how many of you can misinterpret an emoji? Right? And so we use that keep <laughs> that 100 one a whole lot, right? And that means keep it 100, right? Or, or some people say things like it is what it is. It's just how I am. Right? I said what I said. I'm keeping it real. Right? Uh, I'm going to just say it, right? You have, you know, you're already getting ready to say something you, don't, you shouldn't say when you got to tell somebody, I know I shouldn't say this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Or can I be honest? You already know you're getting ready to say something that's getting ready, right? Or I'm just blunt. That's just the way I am. I Deal have no with filter. It, right? I have no filter, right? I think it, I say it. Yeah, and so in this culture, how I many you know people, this is a cancel culture that we live in. So people are waiting on you to say something to cancel you. So you have to really think about, see, we're online right now. We have to be, we have to be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. Because somebody will take it and piece things together from all different places to say we said something that we didn't even say. So if you stick with the word, right, and you stick with God, it will protect you every single time. Let's look at James chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 2 and 3, and then verses 5 through 8. You all have the living Bible. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. Thank you for making that adjustment in the media department. It says here in James chapter 3, verse 2, we all fail in many areas. How many of y'all can say we all, as human beings, make mistakes? Watch this. We all fail in many areas but especially with our words. Isn't that interesting? Mm, mm, mm. So we all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Mm -hmm. Yet if we're able to bridle the words we say, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. In every way. Every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. Oof. How do you locate someone to see if their character is mature and fully developed. You listen to their words and how they communicate. It's going to tell you more about them than anything else because whatever's in your heart in abundance is eventually coming out of your mouth. That's the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what he told me to adjust. From the beginning, before all of this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. So you have to check your attitude individually mm. and towards the other person you're speaking to. Mm. Check your attitude because some people they just walk up on somebody and they just explode. Mm -hmm. You know? It doesn't take much to it just It doesn't take much off. just because they might not like that person. Mm -hmm. So the posture is already negative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's so not God. Yeah. So not God. Yeah. And, you know, you were saying something. I'm sorry to interrupt, but what you taught me, I learned from him, and it's so good. Because you taught me to also listen to what they're not saying. Right, right, right. Because around what they're saying, oftentimes, yeah. there's something that they're not saying. Exactly. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So how do you locate someone's character to see if it's fully developed? The words out of their mouth. The words out of their mouth. Listen, relationships. Somebody shows you aggression and threatens to go off on you and posture, postures themselves as if they're going to say, no, I told you don't talk to me like daddy. And they showed up, you better pay attention because they're forecasting. And don't go for, I'm just playing. Because real men don't play like that. Real men don't hit women. 
but real men don't threaten women. I didn't hear any men in here say it. I said real men don't hit women. I hear, I don't hear, I don't hear bass in here. I said real men don't hit women. And real men don't threaten women. And real women don't use their words as attacking towards their man. Real women don't threaten their men. Real women don't hit their man. Yeah, because see, then it turns into this. Now, if you're going to act like a man, then I'm going to treat you like a man. So if you're going to talk that way so and put your hands on me. And, and, and doing just, all see, this. I and, just told and, you. Well, I, so what you going to do then? I don't What you going to do then? What you going to get it? What you going to do then? Back up. What you going to do then? Back up. And then now. And now we 911. Because he responded to your aggression. Today, women are being just as guilty of domestic abuse as are men. Again, don't let your mouth write a check that your tail can't cash. Who that need right. to be said? Number three, verse three, <laughs> verse three, I'm sorry, verse three. Now, I want you to listen carefully because this is really deep. This is where it's at. Horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. Small can guide large. Everybody see the analogy? And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Small, great power. Right? You all see that. Just think of how a small flame can set a few, huge forest ablaze. Started with a flicker, set a whole forest on fire. All right? You all see how it's setting this up, right? It can be compared to the sum, or, or verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, and it can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of our human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. Mm. You hear it in our music today. Mm -hmm. see, see, what people don't say, I'm not saying that the people who make the music are bad people. What I'm saying is when you sing the words out of your mouth, those words get in your heart. And so if you notice, the music culture is getting worse and worse and more violent and more disrespectful to the opposite sex. Come on, somebody. Right? And if we as a church don't separate ourselves from that, but, but see, here's the thing is, we want people to stop listening to stuff, but then what can they listen to? We need to create our own music. And it's our own up. culture. It's right? coming up. Yeah, it is. It's getting better. Let's keep going, because I know we got a lot to cover, right? It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. So this is talking about words that we say can really destroy an entire generation or an entire family. You'll see people that haven't talked to family members in 20 years. I have this in my family. I actually have this personally in my own life. You know, because of words that were said, I mean, it was very hard for us sometimes to get over stuff. Right. As soon as we see the person, we like, no, nah, man, you know, don't act like you didn't say what you said 10 years ago. <laughs> and there, there's some people, they'll just come in. My family is like this. They'll come in and be in the same space, but won't fool with each other. 
because they can't effectively communicate to resolve the conflict so that we can set new boundaries, create new expectations, and move forward in this relationship. Okay? Then he says here, but the tongue is not able to be tamed. It is fickle, unrestrained, evil, and it spews out words full of toxic poison. So it's not saying it cannot be tamed. It's using an analogy to show you based off of all the other things how challenging it is to tame it. So when you talk about taming, you're talking about training. So how many know you have to learn how to train your mouth? And the way you do that is you get up, you spend time in prayer, you spend time in the word. And you ask God to show you how to have this conversation with someone that is so it, it can be the most productive. Okay? Is everybody clear? You'll notice, but once words become toxic and full of poison, I mean, then you need to separate yourself from that situation. Because it's getting ready to go somewhere it doesn't need to go. Okay? Last thing I want to say, Proverbs 18, 21. It's not in your notes, so please write it down. King James Version says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Right? So you got to learn how to speak life to your situation and not death. Right? The Passion Translation says it better. Passion Translation says your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. That's good. That's so how good. How powerful your words are that they will kill or give life. So notice we can kill a relationship or we can give life to a relationship based off of what we spew out of our mouth. That's right. You know... I love what Joshua 1, 8 and 9 talks about. He's talking about if, if the words of this, thy law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I shall meditate on them day and night. And when you're meditating on something as you would music, because it is, it's a form of meditation. You listen to it over and over and over again. Yeah. I'm going to go back on you, way back, because we had a conversation about this. How many of you remember this song? Dim da da dim do do. Dim da da dim do. Dim da da. Some of you picking it up. As much as we heard that song, we still remember the tempo. We remember the dum 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 da da da. Right. Dum 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 da 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 da. Right. Some of you all you weren't around. That's the '80s. That's the '80s. My point in that is you listen to it so much that you remember the tempo and the sounds, and not one word is said. It's a bunch of noise. See, after I got sung, saved, I thought they were, that was in tongues. <laughs> da, da, dum, 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 da. I thought it was in tongues. And we just needed, no, no. No, so my point in saying that is what you meditate will come up and out. Yeah. Which brings me to our second point. If you don't have anything good or healthy or constructive to say... Don't say anything at all, right? And the point of this is you have something to say, but you cannot quite formulate it in a healthy or constructive way. It's best to pull back, shut down, and, and, and reevaluate how you can say what needs to be said. Good. Ephesians chapter 4, 29 says, Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good to use in edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. That's good. How many know it's good to deliver bad news with a little honey than good news with a bunch of pepper? Right? So, you know, in, in, in Proverbs, this is not in your notes, but I want you to record this. Proverbs 22, 11, in the Amplified, it says, He who loves purity and the pure in heart and who is gracious in speech, 
Because of the grace of his lips, will he have the king for his friend? That's good. When you know how to speak in a healthy way, in a growing way, or even in a constructive way, you will gain the greatest of people as your friends. Because we all want to grow, and I don't think any of us are abject to correction. It's how you correct. Right? And so the person who has mastered that, I remember one time a girlfriend of mine, she was in the school of ministry while my husband was a dean. And he had to have a, a conversation with a group of people. And she called me and she's like, Patty? I was like, what? She says, I love Pastor Gregory. I said, okay, well, that's good to know, but what's up? She says, we just left his office and he had a conversation with us. And I really don't know if he just chastised us or he just encouraged us. <laughs> Well, it made her think about what was shared because at that time he mastered being able to minister grace to the hearer so they can receive it even in uncomfortable and difficult situations. Now, the last one, Colossians chapter 4, verse 6 in the message. Again, we take this down in your notes. It says, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down or cut them out. That's good. Oftentimes, we want to so express ourselves that the whole point of expression is to get a winning, a, a winning ally or to get a winning position, but we say words that better create our destruction. So if you want to win, especially with your spouse, ooh, if you want to win with your children, you want to win with your boss, you got to find ways to communicate to them in a graceful way so that they want to hear what you got to say. Right? And it's feeding. Now, number three, your quick-witted responses or clapbacks do not get you to your goal. They do not get you to your goal. How many of you have quick comebacks? Be honest. Before they can finish saying something, you already got to, you, you about to. It wasn't enough hands that went up out there. It's okay to respond. I, I can tell you, I had a minor, I minored in that in college, just clapping back and just capping and, and just going off on people. So, so what she's saying is if somebody say something sideways to you, you quick to say something sideways right back. Raise your hand. Now look around the room. Most people. Some, you know, that's not me. I, it takes me a minute. You can say something sideways to me, but I'm, not, I'm so not paying attention. It takes me a minute to feel, okay, that's what you just said? <laughs> I, I, am, I have a PhD in ignoring pe people. <laughs> but if you're that person that can have qu quick comebacks and clapbacks, it is not getting you to your goal. That's right. It is not getting you to your goal. reason why I bring that up, because some people take pride in a quick comeback, in that quick tongue. But listen to what the Word of God has to say about that. It says, Proverbs 12, 18 in the voice, thoughtless words cut deeply like a thrusting sword, but the speech of the wise is a healing balm. That's so good. That's good. But the speech of the wise is a healing balm. Proverbs 13, 3 in the voice says, those who guard their speech ensure that they will take another breath. <laughs> but those who talk without thinking guarantee their demise. So you can have a quick comeback, and to the people, because oftentimes we do that because we want the popularity and the ooh of the people. 
But that person that you might have needed favor with just shut down on you and don't have to say a word. Yeah. They'd have made a decision, just keep on moving from you. Yeah. Proverbs 13, 17, and 18, the Living Bible says, an unreliable messenger can cause a lot of trouble. Reliable communication permits progress. 18, if you refuse criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. But if you accept criticism, you are on the road to fame. See, even sometimes we just, you know, a lot of us want to believe that we're perfect, and we're not. We're so not. In fact, the more you believe that you got it right and you're together, most times there's more stuff to be corrected. Because <laughs> pride, 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 pride goeth before the oh. fall, right? So when you are in a position where someone's trying to tell you something that's constructive and you want to make it into something because you don't think, listen, he says here that it's the beginning of destruction because mm -hmm. it is it's, it's pride yeah, that's so good now number four be honest right be honest mm. be honest be right? honest be honest right if someone has lied to you so much when their mouth starts moving what are you doing as soon as you see their lips moving what are you doing you're not listening, right? So I want you to think about it. Uh, we all come from somewhere, right? As kids, we lied when we didn't even need to lie. Anybody ever been there before? I mean, even raising our kids, it was nothing to lie over, right? But, but it's in that sin nature that we just do that. So I want you to think about something. It can be corrected over time, and you can learn how to become an honest person. Listen to this. If you'll learn how to use less words. Let me read to you Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, and then verse 36 and 7. See, a, a fool thinks that he'll be heard because of his much speaking. And so when you just see people just keep going on and on and on and on. <laughs> Listen to this. And don't say anything you don't mean. Matthew 5, 33, Message Bible. Don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. So in other words, the more you talk, things become less true. Just say yes or no, or let your yes be yes and your no, no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. So remember, if it took manipulation to get it, it will take manipulation to keep it. And that's not a sustainable relationship if it's built off of manipulation. Okay? But if you're going to speak the truth, make sure that you always do it with love. Not in your notes, but Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love you may grow up in all things. And so notice, when you speak the truth in love to someone, the ultimate goal there is to help them grow up. And in most cases, it's really in the relationship that we have. I'm actually talking to you about this because I'm help I want us to grow and get better together. Can you all see that? And you should be able to have a conversation. I mean, you're never going to see something the same way. You know, there's so much I have to remember. I don't remember everything I said. So it's possible I can come to you and miss that. 
right? But how many know we should be able to have a healthy conversation and move forward from it once we start talking? My point is good should always come out of it if the motivation is love. Right. Good should come out of it and we should grow because the motivation was love. And, you know, and in your interpersonal relationships, those that are closest to you, oftentimes we want this, uh, this hierarchy, this, this I'm under control, I got it under control. So when, when someone comes along and says, you okay, what's wrong with you? Nothing. I'm You're good. Right? I'm good. Well, you lie. You lying. So in the being honest, you know, one time I remember someone says, whenever I come home, she got an attitude. I don't have an attitude. You got an attitude right now. I don't have an attitude. I don't. Well, no, you have to own, even if it was framed in negative words, own where you are. Own where you are. Anger is a secondary response. So when we backtrack from the anger, Address where you are. Do I feel disrespected? Do I feel dishonored? Do I feel violated? Do I feel unappreciated? Do I, are my feelings hurt? And it's okay to acknowledge that because that's when you're going to get to the root of what's going on. Yep. Being mad is not going to get you to the root of what's going on. That's good. That's good. And then number five, silence is golden. Mm. Now, when I'm talking about silence, I'm not talking about giving someone the silent treatment. Right? Again, because that's how I was raised. That's how our household was. They yelled at each other. We didn't talk to each other. We didn't never have silent And issues. we could literally go, man, weeks without saying a word to each other. Get up, get dressed, walk around each other, slide over, move up, sit down, eat, not say a word. Leave, come back home, everybody go to their own little space. And we could carry on like that for weeks without saying a word. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about giving someone the silent treatment. That's interesting. I I can't even imagine. Yeah, and so she actually, they they are yellers. They were a house of yellers. We talked about everything right up front in the moment. What? Oh, no, so what you saying? You know. So so imagine when we first got married, because we were silent, and we having a disagreement. Soon as she started talking, I heard yelling. So my first response would be, take that down a little bit. Take, watch your tone now. Take that down a little bit. And she would always say, I'm not yelling. And what I heard was she said it even louder the next time <laughs> that she wasn't yelling, right? And, and so over time, we've learned to work through that and get somewhere. So silence is goaded. Proverbs 17, 28, New English translation says, even a fool who remains silent is considered wise. Mm. And the one who holds his tongue is deemed discerning. And it's just simply saying, folks, sometimes not saying anything is the best thing. And discerning that if I say something in this moment, good is not going to come out of this. All right? And then let me give you this little process. You got to learn how to pick your battles wisely in all relationships. Right? And all battles don't need to be won. Some you just got to take one for the team. Come on, married people that's been married longer than one year. (laughs) Am I right or wrong? Sometimes you just got to take one for the team and say, you know what? This is not even worth escalating, right? And so follow this process right here. When you're going to communicate, make sure it's the right place, number one, and three of these. Right place, right time, 
and I love this one, and the right tone. Right place, right? Because, see, I don't like to talk in the house. The house just represents work, stress, drama. Get me to a restaurant, get me out of the house, and I'm ready to talk, right? Right time. Don't talk to me during the Super Bowl. Come on, fellas, don't leave me out here by myself. Or when I'm watching something, right? And then the right tone. I want to make sure that, as she said earlier, the words that I'm using are seasoned with grace so that it's going to edify and build the person I love up, even if it has to be constructive. That's right. That's right. That's so good. You know, and, you know, and how is silence golden different from if you don't have something good to say, then don't say it. Sometimes we have something that we have to say, but we can't construct it in a healthy way. Silence is golden because, you know, that one is different in that sometimes we just have that awkward silence and we just feel compelled to say something. Sometimes it's just not necessary. Rest in the awkwardness. If you don't have nothing to say, guess what? Don't say it. You know that elevator music? Just play the elevator music in your head. Yeah, especially right? if you have to introduce it with, I, don't, I know this is not the right time to say it, but I need to get this off of me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, that's not getting ready to be effective. You already prepared him or her to listen the wrong way. That's right. That's right. That's right. So how to tame the tongue really quickly. How to tame the tongue. You all have numbers one through seven in your notes, but I got one through 10 because those last three, I really want you to get. I want you to record them for yourselves. Number one, count to 10 before speaking. That is helpful. Count to 10 before speaking. I previously mentioned that when we are at a heightened emotional state, you know, we're, I'm certified in anger management. And what, what you learn is that when you're heightened in, your, in, in emotions, specifically anger, your cognitive notions shut down. Your hearing dulls. Your external senses, though, are heightened. And you are instantly in fight, flight, or freeze mode. Right? And so some of us fight with our words first. Every fight started with what somebody said. It did or didn't say, right? And so when you're in that state, you need to step back and count to 10 and breathe in between each count, right? Now, that helps. It helps a lot. Not in every situation, but it's a great start. Before you have those conflicting, disagreeing, uh, uncomfortable conversations or you're heightened emotionally, counting to 10 helps. Number two, is what you're about to say fruitful to your end goal or will it make the situation worse? That's so good. If what you are about to say isn't necessary to your end goal, you know, those phrases that start out with, the, with see, that's why I, but then you, but I did that because you, uh, is that fruitful and you, to you? And you never. And you never. Oh, you always. I, see, you, that wouldn't have happened if you wouldn't have. I told you so. I told you if you wouldn't have done that. If you would have listened to me in the first place. Not is fruitful. It, Not is fruitful. it fruitful to your end goal? Or will it make the situation worse? Number three, is the person in an emotional state to hear or listen the heart of what you want to express? You got to, especially when they're close to you, your spouse, your, your children, your siblings, your parents, are they in a position 
to hear you. Because I don't care how much you need to say. No, you ain't. I know you're not walking out on my, me right now. We need to talk about this, and we want to talk about. Bible said, "Don't let my wrath go down. The sun go down on my wrath." <laughs> not letting the sun go down on your wrath has nothing to do with the other person. He charges you with the ability to calm yourself down, because oftentimes it's best to talk about it the next day after the sun done went down and came back up. And got a good nice rest. And got a good nice rest. But is it the person in a position to even hear what you got to say? Because if they're not, then whatever you say is not fruitful. Number four, are you in an emotional state to effectively express yourself? Are you in an emotional state to effectively express yourself? They say the worst time to make a decision and to really talk about something serious is when you're in an heightened emotional state. More people are in prison right now for murders, uh, assaults, domestic abuse because they were not in an emotional state to handle what had confronted them. Number five, realize that it's okay to revisit a conversation when it's more conducive to growth. It is okay to revisit a conversation when both of you are calm and you can gain some ground. That's so good. See, my wife, I want to add this. She's excellent at this. So I, I know her extremely well. There are really two times you don't want to talk to her. My wife is sitting here is when she's my tired. My, my daughter's sitting here. When she's tired or when she's hungry. <laughs> you don't want to have those conversations. And what she's good at is saying, just give me a little time or let me go do whatever she needs to do, and then I'll be ready to talk. The mistake, ladies, I think sometimes you cannot bring that conversation up five years later. Right? And so even when she's saying these things, even when she says that, that's like a few hours later or the next day. We don't let a whole lot of time go by without resolving conflict because, I mean, no, we're just going to stay where we were until yeah. it's resolved. It's not yeah. like it's going to go anywhere. Right? And so if you have to communicate that right now is not the best time, don't take that personal if you're the other one on the receiving end of that. Respect their space, let them get themselves together, and then present to you when it's a better time to have that discussion. Exactly. Especially, I mean, if, if it's in the heat of the moment and they say, you know what, I need to walk away. Let them walk away. They've told you now is not the time. Maybe it's not the way you want it to go down, but it, listen, you do not control anybody. Right. Now, are we talking about this right now? No. Even your children, even with your children, if your five-year-old is having a tantrum right now and you're trying to instruct them, why are you that? You know why they, 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 they hot right now. They can't hear you. Okay, number six, practice building others up more than you criticize. Practice building others up more than you criticize. Oftentimes, complainers, people who are oftentimes complainers, see things from a negative lens. And oftentimes, it has nothing to do with the individual, the, the other person. It has everything to do with that, per, that individual because they're negative within. They've been criticized. They've been put down. They haven't learned how to love themselves. So therefore, they see themselves as imperfect in constant need of, a, of improvement, and therefore they project that on other people. Pray for them, but also help them. Is there a better way you could have, let's the way, hold up. Is there a better way you could have said that? Mm -hmm. Number seven, 
earn the right to share criticism, correction, or advice. Earn the right to share criticism, correction, or advice. I am so guilty of this. My daughter is sitting here right now. She'll probably stand up in the chairs and say, amen. I will offer up advice when it is unsolicited, right? <laughs> I got something to say just about every topic. But I've learned, especially from my children, my son is the same way. He, 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 he bears with me a little bit more than they do. Thank you, baby. But earn the right. Now, I've earned my right, but nevertheless, you know, they're grown. So they, they, they want to figure things out, and sometimes they're just venting. Earn the right to speak into somebody else's life. Just because they're sharing with you their issues or their problems doesn't mean they are sharing it, soliciting your advice. So, so I learned with my adult kids, they want to talk to you, but they don't want you to talk back. <laughs> they just want you to listen. Can I get a, amen. That's right. Now, number eight, this is not in your notes. With that, practice asking, do you understand or do you have any questions? Yeah. We oftentimes are expressing ourselves, especially in the midst of conflict or disagreements. And the, the person, other person might just be going along to get along. But if you're going to grow, you have to be open to Either get a repeat of what you just said or making sure that they understand or have the opportunity to ask questions. Like if they didn't understand, like for real, you can't say you heard me. No, no, no. I wouldn't be asking if I didn't hear you. Or do they understand or is there anything else that they need, we need to expound upon? Number nine, write this down. People feel empowered when they are able to make choices. People feel empowered when they are able to make choices. Even your three-year-old, you might put celery or carrots in front of them. You might put chicken nuggets and a, pizza, a piece of pizza in front of them. Which one do you, would you prefer? They feel better about making a decision for themselves. And you teach them at an early age to make decisions, but then to be responsible for those decisions. If you're constantly telling them, you're going to eat pizza, you're going to eat celery, you're going to eat these bro this broccoli, they might not like broccoli, but if you could tell them, would you prefer broccoli or peas? And let them have their choice if you're prepared for that, right? Why? Because they are empowered now with making decisions. This is for adults too. And being responsible for the decisions that they made. People don't like being told what to do. Just like people don't like being wrong, but we have to face it sometimes. But as much as we are able to give people the right to make a choice, we should exercise that. Real quick, maybe that's what's wrong with us as adults now. Because I didn't have no choices. You're going to eat that, and you got two minutes to eat it. And let me come back in here, and you have me eating all that, uh, all of the uh, broccoli or greens on that plate. Then I'm going to whoop your butt if it's not on that, if it's not cleaned up, right? And you get punished, right? And so maybe that's what's wrong with all of us today. So let's make life better for the next generation and empower them. Right? Anybody else come from that kind of background? Right? You ain't had no choice, right? You're going you're gonna to eat that. You're going to eat what I put in front of you. Lord, you better not say I'm not hungry. I don't want that. Man. I mean, now mind you, it's within, especially when you're talking about your children, your young children, it's within the constructs of your authority. Right. You're not going to say, what, what, I mean, I do not suggest, what do you want to eat for dinner tonight? Oh, I want filet mignon with a lobster tail on top and some steamed broccoli with extra butter and some wheat bread. 
That's what she asking for. I'm not going to pick up no filet mignon and steaming a lobster. We ain't doing all that. No, what I meant was, do you want chicken wings or do you want pizza? <laughs> it's within the constructs of your authority. Yeah. Even with adults, we, we were pastors, but we're also bosses. We, I, try, I try to give the, uh, my teammates, those that work with us, the ability to make choices. I'm not about to tell them how they need to do what they do. Okay, what does your life look like right now, and what schedule would you prefer? And let's talk about how we can land at a healthy ending, right? And then number 10, listen. Listen before you speak, suggest, or ask. Listen. Oftentimes, we're so ready to respond or to come back with something because we are in our own feelings that we don't even hear, and you got to listen. When I say listen, because oftentimes y'all arguing about this, you want the same thing, but they didn't say it the way you wanted it to be said. Or you're not saying it the way they wanted it to be said. If we just calm down for a moment and listen, we'll see that we're on the same page. We just might have a different approach. And guess what? Her name is Diane. My name is Patricia. We're going to have a different approach. But as long as we land in the same healthy spot, we're good. That's good. We are good. So just practice listening. And if you didn't get it, just say, okay, repeat that. So that you can rightly discern if there is differences. But stop trying to make others say things the way you want it to be said. And we can't demand that other people say things the way they want it to be said. All right? All right. Y'all get anything out of that? Yeah. Praise God. Are we committing to grow in our communications? Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer. And his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away. And you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. 
Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you. Thank you.